In 2010, Michaela Hart married John McAreevy. 11 days later, she was murdered while on honeymoon in Mauritius. The police botched the investigation. The lawyers mocked the system, swaying the media and jury, and the defendants were acquitted. The unsolved murder of Michaela McAreevy would change Mauritian law, strain country relationships, cause death, and be the butt of gross sectarian disrespect. Hi doll, welcome to the third and final episode of the unsolved murder of Michaela McAreevy. This episode was requested by Patreon supporter of the channel, Kirsty. Thanks doll. There are more Patreon episodes if you are interested in supporting and want more content like this. In the last two episodes, we covered Michaela McAreevy's background, her murder, the investigation, trial and verdict and generally why it was such a mess. Today we will cover the aftermath in recent years and, if anyone cares, my opinion. In a statement released after the verdict of acquittal, the Hart and McAreevy families said that following the endurance of a harrowing seven-week trial, no words could describe the sense of devastation and desolation now felt by both families. The Mauritian government also released a statement saying that the government and the people of Mauritius continue to share in the family's grief and agony and are considering all options for further action and the government here were not lying. Within 10 days of the verdict, a new squad of investigators was put on the case and there was a major change to the Mauritius law. Defendants or suspects accused of a crime in Mauritius, found acquitted, can be tried again. And this is actually a very rare law, only existing in a few countries. Michaela's family were glad to hear this news. There could be a new trial, if there is fresh and compelling evidence. Since the acquittal, the McAreevy and Hart families have expressed that they do believe Avinash and Sandeep are responsible for the murder and do not believe their claims of police brutality and coerced confession, stating that three different doctors examined the man three different times and found no evidence of police brutality or marks or torture. The family also point to the facts and details included in the confession and the fact that after confessing, Avinash spoke with his father and apparently Avinash like broke into tears, crying and telling his father, forget your son, he has made a huge mistake. Of course, this huge mistake could be referencing anything, the murder or the false confession. But according to Avinash, he said he was referring to a gas cylinder. He and his father had fell out like they had an argument about it like a week or so prior and this is why he was crying? Don't know about that. After the acquittal, Avinash and Sandeep's lawyers called for all of the evidence gathered to be given to non-Mauritian investigators. Some Irish people started an internet campaign calling for a boycott 
of the Mauritian tourism sector. Irish politician Sean Kelly supported the campaign, saying no justice for Michaela Macaribi in Mauritius. It is a massive indictment of Mauritius authorities' incompetence. No Irish should visit Mauritius yet until justice is done. Only three days after the murder, a Mauritius newspaper released exclusive crime scene photos, 12 black and white photographs of the crime scene, of the hotel room and Michaela's body. This intensified the boycott calls and the Irish government lodged a formal complaint with the government of Mauritius. The Mauritian police launched an investigation into how did the newspaper get these photos? They raided the newspaper offices, but shock and horror, there were no photographs to be found. Yes, because we know the police sold the photographs to the newspaper. They're dirty cops. Looking for some money. However, the editor of this newspaper was arrested and charged with causing outrage to public and religious morality. He was convicted in 2013. Also in 2013, John McAreevy would meet his future second wife. In November 2015, John McAreevy married again to Tara Brennan with blessing from the Hart family. Also in 2015, John McAreevy and his family sued the Legends Hotel and received about 1.6 million pounds sterling, although this probably only just covered the lawyer fees, travel fees, transport like hotel, as well as therapy, I hope John got after that. Needless to say, all the men accused of murder were fired and the Legends Hotel was rebranded and bought by an international chain. It is now Lux, Lux, L-U-X, Grand Guabe. The room where Michaela was murdered, 1025, has been renamed. The number changed to room 1026. In my opinion, they probably should have just shut the room or turned it into something different. No, they didn't really change it enough. <laughs> uh. The Michaela Macaravi case has been reopened and reinvestigated many times, with more people being interviewed and more DNA being taken. The Macaravi and Hart families continue to work with the Mauritian authorities offering cash rewards and pleading with the public to please come forward with any new evidence or information. There were even talks about exhuming Michaela's body, but this didn't happen. 10 years have come and gone with no further leads and that much needed fresh evidence. In 2021, police reopened the case and launched a new investigation and only four months later, after announcing this on the 1st of October, 2021, star witness and former suspect Raj was reported missing. Two days later, his body was found 
hanging on a vacant plot of land. Supposedly, he had taken his own life. Apparently, Raj had endured years of bullying and humiliation. It was his testimony that placed Avinash and Sandeep at the scene of the crime, and they were both acquitted. People believed that Raj lied about what he saw and his reputation was ruined. However, those who knew him say that his death is suspicious with no grounds for suicide. He always stuck to his eyewitness testimony and statement before, during and after the trial. Raj left behind a wife and children. In recent years, Avinash, Sandeep and Dasan have been re-arrested, interviewed, confessed, retracted their confession, claimed police brutality and had charges dropped multiple times. I think in a bid to find this new fresh and compelling evidence, the police have become obsessed with pinning the murder on the original men accused instead of looking elsewhere. In May 2022, fresh allegations of police brutality was in the news once more, with videos showing police torturing suspects. One video shows a man lying on the floor with his trousers and underwear pulled down and the police are tasering his genitals. And apparently arrests and an inv investigation has been made over these videos. But I mean, it's the police investigating the police. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. Meanwhile, lawyers for the original defendants continue to obviously defend their clients, but also continue to point the finger at John, even threatening to get a warrant for his arrest so they can re-interview him. And if you thought the Mauritian government police and lawyers were a joke, and a disservice to Michaela's unsolved murder, what happened back home was just as shocking. Ten years after the murder, a video went viral on social media, capturing members of the County Down Orange Order Hall singing in unison a chant mocking the murder of Michaela Macarivi. It was broadcasted live on Facebook while they were celebrating the Queen's Jubilee. to make out the words but most of the chant goes um, the start is inaudible she went to Mauritius on her honeymoon she went to her room to get a wee treat a bunch of strangers she did meet they hammered and they hammered and they beat her about John Macaravy gave her a shout round and round and up and down through the streets of Ballygolly Town.
Also inaudible, but I think we get the gist of what of what they're going to say. Disgusting, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Mm. While I was writing this, like I was just oh, like just like so tense, like so angry, just oh, wankers. Needless to say, this clip sparked widespread condemnation, like across all parts of Northern Ireland and beyond. The lorry driver who streamed the video claimed that he was not aware of the offensive chanting about murder victim Michaela McAreevy. Like, <laughs> you pan across the room, Andrew. Like, it seems you are acutely aware of your surroundings and wanted to capture and share the fun that you were having with your sick fuck friends. You'll be glad to hear that this guy was fired. In his defense from being fired, Andrew said that he could not be responsible for the actions of others. Well, duh, duh, Andrew. We are not just mad and ashamed of you. You are just the stupid one who got caught. It is obvious that this is a well-known, well-practiced chant in the Orange Order. Everyone knew the words and gleefully sang along, clapping and banging tables. This clip was originally four minutes long. The Orange Order also mocked other dead and murdered Catholics. The video was taken down, but of course, screen recordings still exist. Apparently, Andrew was getting threats, so that's why he took the video down. Oh, 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 I'm so sad. Oh, no. <laughs> you felt threatened? Oh, poor baby. His partner, Rhonda, was also fired after she liked and shared, shared the video. Good. I'm glad she was fired. The Orange Order Hall did nothing about the members recorded or recording the video, saying that the public lashing was punishment enough and they don't hang their own out to dry. The Orange Order also went on to say that the men who were coming under fire sent letters of apology to the McAreevy and Hart families. This is not really true. It was the men's lawyers who sent letters. So... And of course, I'm not going to tar everyone with the same brush. If you read the comments uh, under this video, wherever you find it, most of the comments are from people in the Protestant community saying how deeply ashamed and disgusted they are by these actions and this song and behavior that, like, you know, don't tar everybody with, this, with the same brush, just the people in the video. <laughs> You can tar all them with the same brush, fuckers. Okay, calm, 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 calm. Okay, my opinion, which is not relevant to the case or story, but I'm going to share it anyway. I am not 100% convinced that the two men accused Avinash and Sandeep 
are guilty of the murder. I can't remember if I mentioned this in the previous two episodes, but they both had solid alibis for their whereabouts during the time the murder took place. The DNA thing got me too. Whoever entered that room at 2.42, their their DNA would have been everywhere. There was no time for them to, to clean everything. Whoever entered that room at 2.42 p.m., they were in there for a whole two minutes, touching things, picking up things, like before they were interrupted. And I highly doubt that the murderer or murderers like hung about the hotel room after committing the murder. You think they just sort of hung about, continued to steal and then clean when John could walk in at any second. There was no cleaning done in this room. So where is the DNA? I know the room was a mess with people coming in and out, police officers and doctors and security guards, but how come Avinash and Sandeep's DNA is not there? We arrested these men, we took their DNA, how come their DNA isn't in the room anywhere? Surely does that not rule the mind? Also, a DNA can remain on like a body or a surface after being immersed in water for quite some time. So this idea of washing away DNA is not like concrete. In my opinion, I think it is Desan or possibly Desan, the security guard. Why were traces of his DNA on the door to the safe? Why would you place a towel under a dead woman's head. Was this all just an excuse to accidentally get DNA on the door, on the towel, and on Michaela's neck? You just, just if you come in later and start going around, I'm just touching things. I think it's totally plausible that it's him. And why would you need to go over to the safe if the towels are in the bathroom? <sighs> a huge problem with this case is that you can't help but think only within the confines, the confinement of the suspects given to you, when really there are probably dozens of other potential suspects. Another thing missing in this case that I never seen brought up was like defensive marks. Did the suspects have like scratches on their body? It was just such a short time frame. There had to be, there has to be DNA there. There has to be. And many people have been tested since this murder. So I suppose we're just waiting for somebody to do a 23andMe test. That's where we're at. Since Michaela's death, John has remarried and had children. This in no way means that he loves Michaela any less and it must have been very hard for him to accept someone else into his broken heart. And Tara must be a lovely, devoted, understanding wife. She supports his continuing fight for his previous love. 
Michaela's family say they will never stop fighting for justice, although it is a constant struggle. As so evidenced by everything we have covered in the last three episodes, it has been a hell of a ride. It has been awful, awful. My love and thoughts go out to Michaela, her family and friends, and I hope one day she does receive justice. If you enjoyed this deep dive, please let me know in the comments and tell me what case I should deep dive into next. Like, follow, slam and share. No way. Wrong way round. Okay, I didn't know where to put this, so I just thought I would put it here during the credits, the Patreon credits. Thank you to the Patreons. Their names are on the screen now. So I didn't know where to put this, so I thought I would just put it here. So the island of Mauritius was just like a rock before the Dutch got there, never touched by humans. And this island is, or like was, the only known island that inhabited the dodo. This is where the dodo's from. Depicted in this Dutch drawing, we can see the animal synonymous with human-driven extinction. And Mauritians like love the dodo, it's like their thing. The coat of arms of Mauritius consists of a Sam bird deer and the dodo. And if you Google dodo in Google Maps, there's like so many businesses and restaurants with the word dodo in the title. It's like fantastic. And their national football team is called the Dodos. Anyway, sorry, I love it. I thought it was so cute and I had to include it. Um, fun, fun factoid. Bye. <laughs>